going to go to Luke 16. Luke 16. We're going to go to the first verse, Luke 16, 1. Hallelujah. So, Luke 16, 1 says, And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and same was accused unto him that had wasted his goods. He called him, said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For the Lord taketh away from me my stewardship. I cannot dig, and to beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred uh, measures of oil. He said unto him, Take the bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. And he said to another, How much owest thou? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said unto him, Take thy bill, and write down fourscore. The Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Uh, we have been here over the last several weeks, and I'm um, not sure how much longer we're going to stay here, as long as the Lord keeps directing us down this road, or until you get it. But, however, we want to be clear that the Bible talks about, and Jesus is here speaking himself, and Jesus is saying that he's commending this steward uh, because this steward has learned how to work in his system, and he's working the system. In other words, he understands the rules and how to gain favor, and he's working this system, and Jesus commends him because of his knowledge of how things work within the system in which he's in. And so oftentimes people struggle because they do not recognize that the system you are in is not the same system anymore. Uh, the world has a certain system, a way of functioning. Uh, for example, the word technology. Most people think when you say technology, it means computers. Technology does not mean computers. Technology means a uh, standard or system of operating in a certain way. So a hammer could be technology because it sure beats pounding that nail with your bare hands. So anything that helps you to function better or faster or further uh, would be then be considered some level of technology. And so people who operate within the things of the world, they wonder why there's a constant struggle. They wonder why their marriage is on the rocks. They wonder why their relationships are going south. They wonder why their money's always funny. They wonder why there are certain attacks that come. They wonder why their business struggles. They wonder why things are not seeming to be the way that they're supposed to be. They wonder why there's sickness in their physical body. There's all kinds of things that manifest when people are unaware of the system they function in and, and, and more importantly, the rules that go with that. And so what he's saying is that this steward was wiser in his own generation than the children of light because he's saying the children of light ought to know that when they were translated from the kingdom of darkness, now they operate in the kingdom of light, that there's a different set of rules. And he's saying that this steward is so much smarter because he understands even though he's in the wrong system, he understands how that system works. And we've been talking about going after the more. We've been talking about, as believers, how do we go after the deeper things? How do we take some of the next steps, if you will, uh, into the things that God <coughs> has foreordained since the very foundations of the world? And so it's a struggle often for people because they think that even though you are in a new system, they still think the old system works. And the truth of the matter is it really didn't work when you was in it. And it really don't work now. And so let's go to um, James chapter 1, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word, not doing what? So notice the only person you deceive is you. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forget what manner of man what? He was. Not what he is. 
what he was. He forgets what manner of man he was. Because once you have forgotten what the mirror has displayed to you, we know the mirror is what? The perfect law of liberty, or the mirror is the word. And as we look into the mirror and see ourselves through the light of the word, then we begin to function from that place. He said, the one who forgets who he is, he forgets of what manner of man that he was, past tense, not that he is. And the problem that most people are facing is they're trying to deal with what is based out of what they was. Because they never allowed what was to become is. Are, are, you, are you here? And so you keep fighting what is, trying to act like what was was good enough. When what was is never good enough, you better be what is. And what was needs to become what is so that you can fight what is. Because that's why faith don't come by heard. Faith comes by hearing. And we know that whatever word we believe of what we heard qualifies as faith. But you cannot have faith by what you just heard and threw to the side. It doesn't work that way. You've got to have some corresponding action to what you have heard in order to indicate that you actually believe. And so when you begin to recognize, he's telling you that he goes his way and he forgets what manner of man that he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, and continue therein. Whoever looks into the word and stays with it. Whoever looks into the word and sticks it out. Whoever looks into the word and never lets go. Play like a puppy with a chew toy. That'll never let that thing go. Whoever continues in. Not who heard it and walked away. Not who knows it. Well, you know, I knew that back when. Listen, you keep trying to fight what is with what was. Faith comes by hearing. The active working of the word in your life. He says... Not being a forgetful hearer, but a what? A doer of the work. Not a hearer, but someone who actually does it. That man. This one right here. Which one? This one. Which one? The one that does what? So then he makes the distinction and lets you know that he is blessed in what he does or it's empowered to prosper because I'm doing the word. See, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. If the Bible tells you to walk in love and you can't walk in love, you're constantly criticizing and judging. Some people say, well, I'm just an excellent person. That's why I'm so critical. No, you're critical because you're yielding to the devil. The devil's the accuser of the brethren. He's the one that's always coming with accusations, railing against other believers. Are y'all? <laughs> so when you are supposed to walk in love and you are supposed to support and encourage and rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn, then you begin to understand that there's a spiritual principle involved. It is not about how I feel. I might not like you, but I'm going to rejoice with you. I might not be feeling you, but I'm going to love you anyway because I'm going to walk in the Word until my heart lines up. I'm going to walk in the Word until my head lines up. I'm going to walk in the Word. I'm going to be obedient to the Word because the Word has where the power is because there's an anointing on the Word and I'm going to be a doer of the work because if I'm a doer of the work then everything I put my hands to is now blessed then when I go to build a business it flourishes because I have walked in the word when I go to do anything make an investment buy something make a purchase whatever it is as I go for the job interview everything that I put my hands to is blessed empowered to prosper it's gotta work everything I decide it's gonna have to happen one way or the other because I'm gonna be a doer of the word. I'm going to walk in the word and blessed is everything that I put my hands to. Why? Because I'm going to do it. And when I do it, despite how I feel about it, then I put my feelings to the side and I give first place to the word. Most people think that life is governed by time and calendars and clocks, and there's no way that God's system is governed that way. It's just not. If it was, God would operate in time. God doesn't operate in time. You do. Therefore, he cannot be subject to time. So then what, so then what governs God is revelation and truth. That's why I said, thy word is truth. See, <laughs> so many people want to do crazy things and then think God's going to bless it as if he's not paying attention. And the only person you deceived is yourself. That's why the Bible says you're the one who's deceived. 
And, and the truth of the matter is we, we can't be too hard on you because you believe your lies. Because we know that if you didn't believe it, you wouldn't do it. That's why it says, whosoever looketh in the perfect law of liberty. What is the perfect law of liberty? The Bible. And does what? Continues in order. Not gives up. Not backs up. Not changes their mind. Not one day you're saved. Next day you ain't. Not one day you're going to walk in it. Next day you're not. One day today, every Sunday you're a Christian. Between the hours of 11. (laughs) But you catch me on Monday and I'm going to cuss you out. And then, of course, we, we use the, the battle cry <clears throat> of the spiritually lazy, which is, God's working on me. You don't understand, Pastor, God's working on me. Oh. oh. <laughs> so when the Apostle Paul was killing Christians by the droves, murdering them, and then he came into contact with Jesus, knocked off his horse, Jesus blinded him and gave him a vision you know, because he got his vision back, so he didn't blind him like a sickness. He blinded him, blinded him in a way to change his vision, to help him move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and gave him a new vision. That's why when he stood before King Agrippa, he said, I have another vision. God gave me a whole new purpose and understanding. But isn't it something how the day after all this happened, he wasn't walking around saying, y'all would be so proud of me, I only killed two people today. <laughs> you should have seen me last week. Last week, I killed 100. Today, I only killed two. Aren't you proud of me? God is still working on me. Come on, y'all. How did you see it? Because it becomes the battle cry of the incompetent. God's working on me. You don't understand, Pastor. He's working on me. No, you're working on you. And you're working in deception. And you love that deception because deception placates your frailties. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise him. This is why, see, when you're, when you're a child, that's why Paul said when you're a child, he says, I reason like a child does. See, it, it, it's, it's like, you know, <laughs> anytime we, we check my child on something, she goes, I didn't realize. I didn't realize, Papa, lies. <laughs> you think I'd fall for that? You know exactly what you were doing when you did it. That's why you was looking right at me while you did it. <laughs> well, I didn't realize. Yes, you did. But you reason like a child. <laughs> See, children don't think the rules apply to them. So you reasoned it like a child. That's why Paul said, when I became an adult, I put away childish things. See, as an adult, I realized that if the speed limit is, 80, is, is 75 and I'm doing 85, then there is a high propensity that I'm going to get a ticket. Why? Because I violated the law. See, as an adult, I understand laws have laws for a reason. They're there for a purpose. I don't blame the police officer. I don't blame anybody but me. I'm the one in the car pressing the metal. And and so I took the chance, and I get the ticket. Children blame everybody else. I didn't realize. Yeah, of course you did. You passed six signs that said 65. Come on, y'all. But see, we live in a generation of people that don't want to take responsibility for their own behavior. So it's easier to push it off on somebody else, and we'll blame them. So then, remember we did the demonstration where we talked about how light can be bent by the lens you look at it. And so we showed where the light can be moved based on the lenses, and so therefore it's hard to get true light because true light uh, comes without a filter. True light is real. But oftentimes when people hear things, they want to shift them and change them. So let's go to Luke real quick. Luke 11, 32. Can I get that in the Amplified C, please? Luke 32, 11, 32. I'm sorry, 1129. Now, as the crowds were increasingly thronging him, he began to say, this generation is a wicked one. It seeks and demands a sign, a miracle, but no sign shall be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. In other words, we want to know that you are, in fact, the Christ. We want to know that we're in the times that we're in. We want to know before we do anything, before we change our life, before we change our attitudes, before we decide we're going to go to church like we're supposed to, before we're going to do this, we need to know, I need a sign. 
Now, God, if you make my whole house collapse in on me right now, you hit me with a bolt of lightning, then I'll go to church and I'll do what I'm supposed to do and I'll act right and I'll get my sexuality in control and I'll do this and I'll, I'll keep my sex life in check and I won't be having sex before marriage and I won't do this and I won't be cheating on my wife and cheat. But you're going to have to make a bolt of lightning come through. I need a sign. Notice what he says. No sign shall be given. For just as Jonah, look what he's saying, y'all, became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will also the Son of Man be a sign to this age and generation. These people are wiser in their own generation than the children of light. What's he telling you? I'm not coming to you to pop you in the head with a lightning bolt. I'm going to come to you with certain things. And he tells you exactly what they are. Keep going. For the queen of the south, Sheba, will arise in judgment of the people of this age and generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the inhabited earth to listen to what? She came to hear what Solomon had to say. She wasn't looking for a sign. And notice, here is more than Solomon. Keep going. The men of Nineveh will appear as witnesses at the judgment with this generation and will condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Not the sign, not the lightning bolt, but when they heard the word. And behold, here is more than Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh, tell them to get right, act right, or get left. Right? He told them to go that way. Jonah went that way. They were so wicked and so evil that Jonah didn't want to go nowhere near it. He's like, let them burn. But yet and still... These people who were considered so wicked will stand in judgment of you. Because at minimum, when they heard the truth, they changed. And you won't. <laughs> That's what he's telling them. Look, ain't that what he's saying? He's saying, because y'all won't change. You looking for something more. You need something extra. You need your whole life to fall apart before you'll go seeking after God. It is amazing to me, amazing to me how people's marriages will start falling apart, their lives will start falling apart, and, and see, they, they put everything before God. I, I got to work. You just don't understand. I got to work. I got this. I got that. You know, I just, I'm not sure what the Word says about this and that. And they have all of these vain babblings in their mind that they've convinced themselves of, and they deny God. But the moment all hell has broken loose in their life, the first person they want to call is, can I meet with pastor. You know, you can meet with pastor every single Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 and every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Why all of a sudden does everybody have to make their schedule available to tell you what you should have been getting if you were where you were supposed to be? You need a sign. You need somebody to knock you upside the head. Well, it's not going to happen. He expects you to deal with yourself. He said, here is greater than Jonah. Here is greater than Solomon. The queen of Sheba came all across the inhabited earth to hear what he had to say. And now I'm speaking to you and I'm greater than Solomon. And you disregard everything that's in the word. Watch what he says. I'll prove it to you. No one. Can, can, I, can, can we go back? One verse, please. What verse is that? Oh, okay. I just want to be certain. Let's go forward. Forward, the other way. What is that, verse? Okay, so 32 and 33. Don't make me teach math, y'all. Come on. 33 comes after. Okay, so we haven't changed subjects, have we? Watch what he says. No one after lighting a lamp puts it on a cellar or a crypt or under a bushel measure, but on a lampstand. So those that who are coming in may see the what's the subject matter wisdom preaching the word 
And he says, then he changes subjects and goes into lighting a lamp. He doesn't change subjects. He's talking about the same thing. He's saying that when a word comes, a word is a lamp. It's light, revelation. He says, nobody puts that under a bushel. He says, you put it on a lampstand. Why? So those who are coming in may see the light. Well, how do we see the light? If you've got revelation, we see it in you. Keep going. Your eye is the lamp of your body, and when your eye, your conscience is sound and fulfilling its office, your whole body is full of light. But when it is not sound and is not fulfilling its office, your whole body is full of darkness. Notice what is determining whether you have light or darkness. It's your eyes. That's it, the way you see it. Your eye is the lamp of your body, and when your eye, your conscience is sound, fulfilling its office, the whole body is full of light. But when it is not sound, when there's a problem with your eyes, when you filter everything you hear through what you're going through. Well, if God was around now, he'd approve of this. No, he won't. Well, if God was around, you know, God understands me. He's working on. What? Look, y'all, come on. But when it is not sound, it is not fulfilling its office. In other words, it has one job. Its office, its job is to bring correct light. And when it's not doing it, your body is full of darkness. Keep going. Be careful, therefore. The light that is in you is not. And that's something. I'm telling you, be careful. He's telling you, be careful. That the light in you is not darkness. You know what that means? That the darkness in you could be perceived as light. Be careful that the light that is in you, what kind of light? Light is not what? Darkness. You could be deceived. One of the hardest things in the world, y'all, is to get people to understand that sometimes they're deceived of certain things, they believe certain things, and to get that deception out of them, in other words, they think it's light, and to convince them that it's darkness so you can bring real light. Because the problem is when you bring light to people who are dark, they still see it through the same Now you've got to work double hard. So then, keep going. If then your entire body is illuminated, having no, dark, or no part dark, it will be wholly bright with light as when a lamp with its bright rays gives you light. Keep going. Now when Jesus was speaking, the Pharisee invited him to dinner to take with him, so he entered and reclined at the table. Is that, what is that, verse 38? Do me a favor, go back to 35. Why do I feel like we skipped that? Be careful, therefore. That's it. Yeah, that's where I want to stay. Let's stay there for a second. Be careful, therefore. Now, notice, remember we've studied this. He kept saying, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. Be careful with what measure you hear things. Right? Because if you criticize prosperity, for example, you can never walk in it. Because out of your own mouth, you're judged. So if you're so critical of it, you'll never walk in it. If you're critical of healing, you'll never walk in it. Because out of your own mouth, you'll be judged. See, this is why he's telling you. He's telling you to be careful. Because the same person who says, I'm just not getting revelation, is the same person who will say, well, maybe God has not revealed it to me yet. And they put it back on God instead of saying to themselves, I have to be careful the measure in which I hear. Right? Let's go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 1. Watch what he says here. And you hath he quickened. Put into King James, please. And you hath he quickened. In other words, he already has done it. It is not he will quicken, but he has already done it. We know quicken means to be made alive. It doesn't mean to be made fast. It means to be made alive. So in other words, you has he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of 
this world, or could I say this generation, according to the prince of the power of air and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and in the, of the mind. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in the kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For grace are you saved by faith, and not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, he is telling you that he has blessed you already with every spiritual blessing, and he made you alive who was dead according to the course of the world. Now, that, word, that whole phraseology, according to the course of the world, is like, uh, um, there's in, in martial arts, it's called a kata. A kata is an is a, a, uh, organized performance of moves that you execute when you go from one belt to the next. So in other words, when you want to get out of the white belt, you perform a kata that shows you have mastered uh, certain maneuvers and you go to yellow. Are you with me? So it's a pre-organized system. So when people say, I'm in the world and I'm free, you are not in the world and free. You are walking according to a pre-programmed system or pattern that has been designed for you by the prince of the air. That's why it says you were just like everyone else. In times past, you had your conversation where you lived according to the lust of your flesh. But God, who was rich in mercy, saw fit to deliver you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Now you are not of that generation anymore. You are now of a new generation that now you have new promises and you have every earthly and spiritual blessing that has now been placed at your feet for you to walk in it. And then he says, now you are not like them because they were the children of disobedience and they lived in a world system that eventually takes them unto death. It is designed to kill them. But you, he took you out of that system, put you into his system, and now allows you to function from where he wants you to be. And now you are in this world, but you are not of this world because you have special rights and privileges for you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what reason unto good works which God have foreordained since the very foundations of the world that you should walk in it now put verse 10 in the amplified so that we can all be on the same page all of that is to say this for we are God's own handiwork his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them. Doing what? Doing what? Maybe this side's a little better. Doing what? Which he did what? Prearranged. And made ready for us to live. He said, I took you out of calamity. My life has been redeemed from destruction. I don't have to go from problem to problem. I can go from faith to faith. I don't have to go from struggle to struggle. I can go from victory to victory. My life has been snatched from the grips of hell. He prepared ahead of time and predestined that I had a good life, that I could walk in it. He arranged it before the foundations of the world and set it in motion that I can live unto him and live the good life. You know what a good life is? It ain't a bad one. And so he says, you hath he quickened. You, he made you alive unto a whole different world, a whole different system. You used to act a certain way, supposed to. <laughs> but he said, I translated you into a new kingdom. I put you in a new system. I gave you a new technology. And now when you're in a new system, it's different. See, this is why people don't understand the higher you go, the faster you're judged. 
That's why it says, be not many teachers. In other words, don't rush to get behind a pulpit and teach somebody something. Because if you got it wrong, you're okay as long as you're the only one who's got it wrong. But when you start affecting other people, judgment comes so much faster. Because you are expected that if you have light, then you shall walk in it. <laughs> it gets quiet in this full gospel church. Let, let's go to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. I've watched so many people struggle with their health, struggle with their prosperity, struggle in their marriages, relationships, all in this place. They want to be with God, but operate out of a different world system. They disregard the light they have. They've got light on the matter. They know God says to tithe. They, they don't, they, they'll tell you they want biblical proof. They'll say that but they already know. <laughs> they just want to see if you know. <laughs> but yet they don't do it. And then they wonder why. Well, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I got enough. Okay, well, then you must not want more. And if you don't want it, can I have it? Because obviously you're satiated. You've got enough. Because just like this steward could have said, you know what, it was a good run. But I'm done. I got caught, I'm done. He said, I'm too proud to beg. <laughs> and I'm too old to hustle. <laughs> oh, my goodness, y'all. You better wake up. Listen, I, I'm, I'm too old to be toiling. I just am. You know what toil is? Toil is work with no results. When I put my hands to something, I expect it to produce. Amen. This is why when people want to get close to me, you can't get close to me if you're operating in a worldly system. I don't want nothing to do with that because you're toiling. You work real hard, work your fingers to the nub and have nothing. I don't want that. I'm too old for that. That's, for young, that's young people's business. <laughs> work real hard, mow, mow two acres of lawn and get 10 bucks. <laughs> See, when I was a child, I thought like a child. 10 bucks was a lot. Today I might drop $10 and might not pick it up. <laughs> Back might not be able to handle it, y'all. <laughs> say what you want to say. <laughs> when, you, when you get older, you start working smarter. You start looking to leverage. What can I accomplish more with less? Because that's the sign of the anointing. If I'm anointed, I can do more with less. I don't have to work my fingers to the nub in order to make it. I don't have to get into toiling, producing much work and getting little effort. And listen, I'm telling you, people get real jealous. They get real angry when they see you prospering, but they don't see how much effort you have to do. And they think it's easy. It's not easy. It's the anointing. It is not simple. It's God. And when you understand how the things work, you can stay in your system and operate in darkness and, and stumble around and do whatever you want to do, knock yourself out. But I have learned that there's a way to function in the kingdom and my results are multiplied. My results are literally duplicated. My results are better. That's why I don't mess with people who just want to get close to me but don't want to produce. I don't have time to be pouring into you with you not doing it. Well, Pastor, I just want to hang out with you. I don't want to hang out. You don't hang out? No. I hang out with my wife, my kid. But when I'm doing ministry, I'm, I'm only going to speak to and pour into. If I take the time to spend that time, I am not spending, I'm investing it. I expect a return. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor, God's still working. Well, call me back when he's done. <laughs> Get at me when he's ready. Because up until then, time is a finite resource. It's a zero-sum game. Every minute wasted with somebody is a minute could have been invested in somebody else. I need you to see this, y'all. Because so many people just want to placate and convince and talk about. Where I tell you how to go? Psalms 119, 130. 
Psalms 119, 130. That'll help somebody if you take it. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of thy word, the entrance of thy word. If I tell you you can't come in, then you have no entrance. If you have no entrance, then I close the door and leave you on the outside. If I leave you on the outside, you cannot be on the inside. The entrance of thy words giveth what? Light. That means you have the ability to keep it out. Doesn't mean light didn't come. I've been praying and praying and praying pastor you don't understand I've been asking the Lord and he is not answering me oh okay well you didn't hear that knock you gave no entrance you opened the door and slammed it but you're praying as a minister his uh he was going to a, a, um, a meeting. He had his own private plane. He's going to a meeting, and he, him and his music minister flew to this meeting. After the meeting was over, they went to get in the plane, and the, uh, the pastor said, I'm not getting on that plane. He goes, I, in the, on the inside of me, Holy Ghost telling me, do not get in that plane. So we'll go ahead and spend a night here. He said, and we'll have it looked at in the morning. He said, and then... Uh, we'll go home. Music minister said, I've, I've got to get home. I've got this. I've got that. And so he said, well, you do what you want to do, but I'm not getting on that plane. So the music minister got on the plane. The plane crashed, and he died. I know you're probably hoping for a better answer, but it wasn't. He violated the word he got. He laid hands on that plane. He pledged the blood of Jesus over that plane. Listen to me, y'all. Because so many people do stuff like that. I'll just pray my way out of what I was supposed to obey my way into. You can't override the word just because you want to pray. You pray in line with the word. But the word is first place. And so, now, the reason why I told you that story is because so many people... This is what they do. Oh, I prayed and laid hands on it, and I rebuked it and bound it. Yeah, but you haven't obeyed. <laughs> well, why didn't this work? Because you don't have no authority. Well, what do you mean I don't have authority? Because you're walking in darkness. Darkness don't rebuke darkness. <laughs> Can you imagine taking darkness and saying, I'm going to make it a little darker? How do you turn out the lights and turn them back on at the same time? They're either out or they're on. This is why he's saying no one puts it under. When light came, what'd you do with it? Did you put it under a bushel and act like it didn't exist? Well, I can believe God for the light of my prosperity, but when you start talking about my sex life, my sexuality, I, that light I'm not willing to walk in. So I just put that under a bushel. Uh, I'm real strong in my sex life. I'm real strong keeping my moral straight. I'm real strong in this. But, yeah, don't tell me to tithe. I'm going to go ahead and put that part under a bushel. Light came. You gave it no entrance. And that's why you're still simple. He says it gives understanding unto the simple. What's the point of it to be there? So you can get us some understanding. But you're going to pray your way out with no understanding. Thanks, honey. I got one cheerleader in here. It's you. Proverbs 20, 27. Amplified. Classic, please. Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner parts of the belly. The Amplified says, Spirit of man, that factor in human personality which proceeds immediately from God is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his inward. Now, <clears throat> you have a soul and you have a spirit. We get the word psychology. That word psychology, suke, is the Greek word which refers to your soul and spirit. So what I want you to understand is that when God deals with you, he's going to deal with you 
from the position of your spirit, because that's the candle, and your soul affects that. So then if you are led by that, then you're not going to be led by what you see. This is why so many people struggle with faith. Because they think I've got to see it before I believe it. I'm looking for a sign. Jesus said, greater than that standing before you and there won't be a sign. The sign will be the word. The sign will be the wisdom of Solomon. That's your word. That's your answers. There's no other way. That's it. It's a wrap. Sekavo. And he's telling you that the way God leads you is through your spirit. He's not going to talk to your mind, will, and your emotions. He's not going to talk to your eyes and your flesh. This is why, as we learned last week, the image you have in your soul is so critical because you will never rise above the image that's in your soul. Beloved, above all else, wish you would prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So then you will only prosper to the level of your soul. If you got a 50-cent soul, you will get a 50-cent manifestation. If you want a dollar manifestation, you better get a dollar soul. You better know what it looks like. When you say things like, I'll give you a great example. You ready? Don't say anything out loud. I just want you to think of a number when I say this. How much is a lot of money? Everybody got a number? How much is a lot of money? I'm serious. Just how much is a lot of money? Everybody got a number? What number did you come up with? 100 million. What'd you come up with? What'd you come up with? How much? Now, don't take it in a bad way because that's not what this is. Everybody's got a different number. See, this is the problem with how you judge things. When you look at a, a ministry like ours that runs off of thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars every single month, you don't think I got to have faith to handle that? You don't think when the rent shows up for $13,000, I don't have to have faith for that? So then when I'm believing for a lot of money, I'm believing for a... I need you to get it, y'all. Because it's all relative to how you see it. And as your soul begins to develop, I'm telling you, it will grow and change. That's why he said, above all else, I wish you would prosper, even as your soul prospers. Because one day it'll be a thousand. Then it'll be a million. Then it'll be a hundred million. Then it'll be eight billion. That's how it works. But if you want to go after more, you have to allow the word to grow on the inside of you to give you a different image because your image will cap what you believe. So when you stand before God and you ask God, God, I'm believing you for a million dollars. If you've got a thousand dollar image, ask him for the thousand dollars. No, I'm serious. Because he'll give you the thousand dollars. And when he gives you the thousand, you're going to go up to ten. You're going to be like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me, let me. How about ten? And when he gives you that, you're going to be like, oh, all right. That's the way it works. And so many people can't go after more because they do not understand how this works. Your soul is so important. You got to have a different image. Because once you have a different image, you can then allow your faith, right? We learn this. Yes? Okay, good. I don't want to preach this much because he preached it way better than I could. So let's go to Hebrews 4.12 because this is where I was trying to take you to. And we got to run. So let's move a little faster, y'all. You ready? Quit holding me up. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12, King James. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Put in the NASB, please. For the word of God is living and active 
and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to do what? Judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, here's what's important, okay? This must mean that your soul and your spirit run so close together that the only way to separate them is through the Word of God. That means you wouldn't know what you could call the Spirit. Because here's people tell me, well, God told me to do this. No, God didn't tell you to do that. I've had people say, God told me to give this money or do this or do that. I'm like, God didn't tell you to do that. Your flesh told you to do that. God told me to take this and do that, or God told me to go here and do this. You know, how do I know it doesn't line up with the word? (laughs) It hurts somebody else. You took from one to give to another. And you're telling me God loves this person more than this person? It doesn't line up. See, but I'm sure it was God. No, you're sure that it's either your soul or your spirit, but you never allowed the word of God to slice it to figure out which one is which. You responded out of your emotions. I remember a church I went to a long time ago. We brought in this guest speaker, and he prophesied money right out of people's pockets. By the time it was all said and done, he had took people's watches, their computers, all kinds of stuff. And I had a young man say to me, well, God told me to give him my computer. No, he didn't. You got so excited. <clears throat> you, you got the superstar syndrome. You honored, you honored a guest speaker more than you honored your own pastor. That's the superstar syndrome. See, you, 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 you see your pastor often, so you take him for granted. And then someone else comes in that you don't see that often, and you honored them. So you became familiar with what is really in your life to help you, and you got snookered. So now you got a laptop. Sorry. Well, that seems kind of harsh. It's truth. Everything is judged. What does that say? You're able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. By the what? The word. So <clears throat> I, like to, uh, I like to play dominoes. And as I've played dominoes with different people, I've learned there's different rules. I learned one way. I learned, you know, count houses, 150, you know, counts of five, 10 to get on the board. I learned a certain way. I thought that's the way everybody played. That is not the way everybody plays. So when you play things like spades, I'll give you a better one, uno. I won't play uno with anybody because y'all be coming up with your own stuff that don't make no kind of sense. And everybody's house is different. And y'all ain't going to make me cut nobody in your own house. So as a measure to protect myself and to keep my sanity in peace, I just don't play Uno with everybody. Because you, know, you know how you get, right? You pull out four draw fours on me in a row, me and you're going to be fighting. See, my, my point I'm getting at is I can only judge the rules because I know the rules. So when he tells you the word of God is the judge. See, I can't be a judge even in a natural court. I cannot be a judge without knowing the law. So if I judge you, if you come into my courtroom and I'm judging the situation you're in, I have to judge it from the law. I I may not like you. You may not be a person who I enjoy, but that has nothing to do with it because now we're getting into prejudicial bias. So when I deal with you, no matter what color you are, no matter what age you are, no matter what uh, nationality you are, no matter what background you are, whatever it is that you are, that I may not like, you come in, don't talk to me the way I want you to talk to me. I am not supposed to judge you based on you. I'm supposed to judge you based on the law. And it doesn't change. So then if I judge it from the law, then what I give you is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the only thing that's able to tell you whether you are guilty or not is the word, and the word never changes because God said, my word shall stand forever. He said, the flowers will fade, the grass will, but my word stands forever. So then even if you think you are not being judged by the words, you are, especially because light has come. But you chose to put that little piece that you don't like under a bushel. But even under the bushel, it is still judging you. 
And then you wonder why you can't see the more. So if the word is the rule book, then I ought to know what's in the word so that I can function accordingly. This is why Dad Hagen used to say all the time, it's dangerous to come up to light and walk away from it. Because you come up to light, now you know better, and then you act like you can put it under a bush and walk away and not do better. And I don't care where you put it, now that you have light on it, it's still operating. He says it's dangerous to do that because you're still being judged by it. You know better. And then don't be a leader or someone who is very much forward in the things of God because now you're getting judged a lot quicker because you really know better. <laughs> Y'all still here? First John 2.8. Hallelujah. Can I get about 10 more minutes? Good. Praise the Lord. I was going to take it anyway. So... <laughs> First John uh, 2 8. Watch what he says again. A new commandment I write unto you. Which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. In other words, darkness is over. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Darkness is over. Or is it? He said, because true light now shines. What does that tell you? That means the true light is true light, but light could also be darkness. Look what he says. The darkness is past, and the true light, or the real light, which then means darkness is the fake light. And you could be walking in darkness and be walking in fake light. And then wonder why the struggle is real. <laughs> you ready? The true light now shineth. Verse 9. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that says he's in light but hates his brother really is in darkness. Even till now. You never left Darkness. And I want you to understand, this is not darkness as in saved versus unsaved. This is darkness versus as, as, as a certain type of light. Remember, remember when Dad said he had light on, on healing, but he didn't have it on prosperity? See, he, he, God said to him, he said, you're so healthy. He said, that's great. He said, but you're so broke, you can't get out of town. You can have light in one area, not in the other. You can have light in this area and walk in darkness over here. That's what he's talking about. He who says he's in light, that means you believe it. You think you're in light, but you're walking in darkness. And he says that darkness is supposed to be past. And he says, why? Because he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. In other words, you don't trip over stuff. Because I'm on the path that God has foreordained since the very foundations of the world, the good life, that I may walk in it. And then if I'm stumbling, I'm not on the path. Because for me to be on a path to stumble, that means God put the stumbling there. And God said, I don't test anybody. Or I don't tempt anybody. Let me say it right. So then if you're stumbling over stuff, tripping over stuff, falling into stuff, going from calamity to calamity, from problem to problem, from you are not on his path. Because if you were, then that means he put it there. And how can you pray to the one who put it there to take it away? He said, there's no occasion of stumbling if you're walking in the light. Verse 11, but he hath his brothers in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he go. Because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Now watch what he says. <clears throat> I run unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. In other words, listen, babies, little kids, your sins are forgiven. Oh, Pablocito. Let's just deal with that first. <laughs> then he says, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. 
I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. I've learned the older I get, the less I think I really know. And he's speaking to three different groups of people. First, he says, children, your sins are forgiven. Come on, baby, come get some pie. Your sins are forgiven. Don't worry about nothing else. You know the Father. He careth for you. Then he says, okay, now, you young men, children, when I was a child, I thought like a child. And he says, young men, be strong, because you're not to overcome. Because now you done moved out of babyhood. Now you're going to have to fight. And the fight is real. Then he says, all right, all you old folks. See, it's funny because sometimes you, you really have to realize young people, some young people don't like old people. And some old people don't like young people. I love them all because they all come with different. I, I love being around the younger leaders in our church because they have a different perspective. They, they come at it from a different viewpoint. They have a whole different energy. They're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Sometimes I'm three foot tall and tired. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And then some of them are, they're coming in and they're fighting for their lives. They're young men, and that means women as well. They're in the middle stages. And then I love the older crowd because they've been there. They've done that, and they've got the T-shirt. And it's funny because young people think they got all the answers. And anytime somebody older than them tells them, you just don't understand. No, child, I have been there. I have done it. I did it again. I messed it up, and then I did it one more again. <laughs> you just don't, you don't understand me. Trust me. You don't understand you. Because I understand you. I used to be you. And anything you could dream up, I done did it. Better than you did. Come on, y'all. I'm serious. That's the, and this is what he's saying. He's saying, I'm writing to all of you, and I'm letting you know that the older, they, they've been there. You've known them from the beginning. You know this. You ought to be walking in. You young people, y'all fighting. I know you're trying to figure out what to do, and you're fighting. So y'all just steady swinging. Are we doing this right? I don't know. <laughs> but keep swinging until somebody falls. He says, little children, come on, baby, come get you some pie. Your sins are forgiven. Let's just start there. <laughs> All the while, he's letting them know. This is how, watch what he says. Verse, where are we at? Verse 14. I've written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And the what? Here we go with this again. The word of God does what? He that continueth. He said, because how are you going to get the victory? How do you go? See, listen, you don't get old by being dumb. Let me say it this way. You don't get old and have nothing by being dumb. Because there's some old folks that ain't got nothing. And you got to wonder how you got there. But you get old by being wise. And let me tell you something. There's only two ways. Two ways to know what a T-bone steak looks like. You can ask the butcher. Or you can stick your head in the cow's behind. Now, it's for me and my house. I like dealing with the butcher because the butcher's got some experience. They're a little long in the tooth. So, hey, show me what a T-bone is. Cool. Now, I don't eat red meat, so I don't even know what T-bone looks like anyway. But I'm trying to get you to understand something. I'd rather take the butcher's word than to have to figure it out. Because if I keep going the way I'm going, I'm operating in a system that was not designed for me. 
and then wondering why I'm not getting the success that is afforded me. God promised you, you can live the good life. But you ain't going to do it operating from a world system. You're not going to do it putting light under the bushel. Everything God reveals to you, he expects you to walk in. This is why I see people who go backwards. I'm like, how did you, how did you get there? At minimum, he said, having done all to stand, I stand, therefore. He didn't say I give up and go backwards. He didn't say that I go the other direction. He said, at minimum, even if you can't find a way to step forward, you have got to find a way to stand. Having done all to stand, stand some more. You cannot let the enemy cause you to back up and to go backwards into the lifestyle, to go backwards into drugs, to go backwards into this, to go backwards into that. You have got to, at minimum, stand and hold the light that you have until God begins to reveal more. Because that's why he said, if you don't walk in the light you have, he said, I'll take it away from you. Not give you more because you don't have. He expects you to walk in that light. And so many, man, they'll shrink back from the things of God. They'll shrink back and then wonder why everything is going to hell. You switch systems. You just don't know it. And then you're wondering, where's God? I want the more. I want this. I want that. I'm believing God for this. I'm standing in need of a blessing. Well, you keep standing in need of that blessing. That's why it's not coming. Because you're standing in the need of it instead of standing in the promise of it. And then people wonder why life just, Pastor, I sure would like to live the good life. Good walking the light. Say this with me. I'm a doer. And I'm going to do it. Say it the way I said it. Do it. See, that's it. That's it. And I don't do the word because I feel like it. I do the word because that's the word. There are times where I want to pop people like a zit. Do you know what I do? I walk in love. I'll tell you how pretty your eyes are. Gosh, sure glad to see you today. Because my prosperity means more to me the health of myself, my wife, my child, and my children to come is important to me. More important than me being right with you. More important than me keeping it real, keeping it 100. I don't want to be in a struggle with you. You stay in a struggle. I'm, I'm going to get around that. I'm too old to be going fisticuffs with you. I need to know whatever I set in motion, it's multiplying. I, I, I don't have time for addition. <laughs> I need multiplication. I'm trying to get somewhere quickly. <laughs> you toil if you want to. You keep wrestling with you want to. But don't question why it's not happening. Because <laughs> he said, the one who continues in, that one will be blessed in his deed. That one will prosper. That one, that one. Well, I I, I know my sins are forgiven me. Great. But when I was a child, (laughs) but see, I'm trying to grow up. Baby all grows up. Because I don't know about you, but I, I can't take care of all that I need to take care of thinking like a child. I got to put away childish. That's why I, I love the clip they put out from dad's message. Think big. Think big. I had Chase send it to me in the audio because I'm going to make that my alarm. I ain't kidding. So when I wake up in the morning, that's what I want to hear. Think big. I'm going to get up out of bed. Hey, think big. Because I'm telling you, people short-circuit themselves and have no idea the fullness of what God can do. Because you measure God against you and not against what his word says. And that's why so many can't get it. You mean to tell me God's really a healer? Yeah. You mean to tell me God can really probably? Yeah. That's what the word says. Well, so-and-so died of such and such. I don't care. That's the word. We don't judge the word by the light of other people. It's not the judge. 
The judge is the word. So when you get in front of the judge, I'm going to date myself in a minute, but how many of y'all remember, here come the judge, here come the judge. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, huh? <laughs> Ask somebody who laughed, they know. When the judge show up, judge is impartial. Well, you see, your honor, what had happened was guilty. Your honor, I was hungry and I was struggling. Guilty. Your honor, that was just a mistake. Guilty. So if you're judged by it, you ought to know it. And when you know it, you ought to walk in it. I remember uh, Dad was telling me a story about a guy who uh, was in one of his services, and he preached, you know, he's preaching the service. He's watching the guy. And, and you know, you can, you can see different people, and you can see their reactions. I don't have that problem so much because these lights are like, so I can't see sometimes your expressions or faces. But he was preaching, and this guy was sitting there with his arms folded. And uh, when he got done, the man walked up to him. He's like, oh, here we go. And a man came up to him, he said, son, that's some of the best preaching I'd ever heard. And Pastor was like, oh, okay, cool. Shook his hand. He says, all right, well, we'll see you tonight. He says, no, sir. He says, you're bringing too, light, too much light for me. And I'm not willing to walk in it. <laughs> you imagine? you helping me, and I don't want that help. I'm ready to go back to Egypt. I'll go back to Egypt, live in bondage. At least I have four hots and a cot. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? If we want the more, we've got to get after the more. We've got to become doers of the word. We've got to do what we know. You may not have all of it, do what you know. Do the part you got. Whatever you got, do that part. Watch God bless you. Amen? <laughs> all right. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the light, illumination, revelation, clarity, and all that you brought unto us, Father. We thank you that utterance is greatly affected by the hearers. We came to hear and we came to do. And so we thank you that as light has come, we have marked it, we have set it in our hearts, and we're going to walk in it. We're not going to try. We're going to do. We thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. And all the believers in the house said, Amen. Isn't God good?